Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. As always, hope you're all doing well. And you can find my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Overcast, and many other platforms. So please tune in, watch anything that you missed um, over the past few months. Even going back, if you really want to get into all the things I've talked about. Um, definitely going to be something worth your time and very engaging. So today's episode, going to get into a couple of things. Uh, one thing to start off with is that I came up short with my prediction, uh, which I'm not upset about, but I felt like, like that that game could have been better between Baylor and Gonzaga. But I will get to Baylor and their crowning and their uh, the crowning of you know being champions now. Um, and a little bit later on in this episode. What I want to start off is with some NFL news that broke yesterday, late afternoon. And that is the news that Sam Darnold has been traded to the Carolina Panthers for three draft picks. I think a sixth-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year, and a fourth-round pick. So the Jets finally do it. Uh, they trade Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. And for the Panthers, this was a move that, uh, you know, I kind of expected Sam Darnold to be traded. But then, you know, as the days went on, it felt like the Jets were going to kind of wait it out and see it to the draft. Um, and Carolina was one of those teams that definitely was in the quarterback market. And I knew that they weren't going to go for Deshaun Watson. Um you know, because obviously the situation is kind of complicated, and also Carolina just really they're in a rebuilding mode. I mean, they're a young team that needs to get more pieces to keep building up in the NFC South. So uh, they make a move here for Sam Darnold, uh, getting their you know a young quarterback on their hands now, and. What this really does uh, for Carolina is it gives them a chance to see and observe if Sam Darnold can be their quarterback of the future um, with obviously the weapons that are there in McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, it's definitely a team that is young with Matt Rule, offensive coordinator Joe Brady. And we, we know the kind of success that offensive coordinator Joe Brady had with LSU and Joe Burrow. So, this is a great opportunity. Um, obviously, Carolina is going to just see how it goes. It's a good chance that they may keep Sam Darnold on after this year, or they may move on from Sam Darnold. But it's a low-cost move for Carolina because they didn't have to give a first-round pick. They didn't have to give a first-round pick. And, uh, you know, they get a quarterback who can hopefully turn it around. Sam Darnold, obviously was picked by Mike McCagnin, the previous GM of the Jets. And unfortunately, McCagnin, Adam Gase, uh, you know, they weren't able to develop and further Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold, when he did play, just did not get it done. And like I said before, out of you coming out of USC, I thought that he would be a better quarterback um, than, you know, Sanchez and, and you know, Leonard. Uh, you know, I think Matt Leonard, um, 
But, you know, Sam Donald just never got it going. Obviously, he missed some games with, you know, the health and then the injuries. And when he did play, he had about 39 interceptions in 38 games. So, you know, it's just tough um, that Sam Darnold had to kind of go, to, go, go through the situation where, you know, Adam Gates wasn't able to develop him as much. He just didn't have much talent around him. As a result, he really struggled. Um, do I think Donald can still be a good quarterback in the NFL? I hope so, because he really looked promising coming out of the draft and... I just think that the situation that he was in uh, was really tough. It was really tough, and uh, he never got it done the way that Josh Allen got it done. And that's the biggest thing for the Jets is that you, know, you got a new regime now in Joe Douglas, you know Robert Sala, Mike Lafleur. Um, so they obviously wanted a quarterback, you know, they're choosing, and this almost certainly guarantees that they will pick a quarterback. It will be Zach Wilson or it'll be Justin Fields. Uh, they're going to make a pick at quarterback. Um, so the stage is all set for the Jets. I mean, they are making a big uh, move here. I mean, this is probably one of the like biggest things that Joe Douglas has done so far as GM is you know making a trade, trading a young quarterback away, um, and pretty much putting their success on next season to a rookie quarterback. Um, and that should be interesting to watch. Um, biggest thing, the Jets have obviously a good amount of draft capital now, even more so. So, we can be able to develop this team, pick up some nice pieces. Um, but, you know, it just seems like both teams um, are obviously taking a, a chance on themselves. For Carolina, it's hard to say if Sam Darnold will be able to make them better this year. Um, you know, it remains to be seen because let's not forget that Teddy Bridgewater um, is still, I think, on the Carolina Panthers roster, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you know, will they play Sam Darnold? Will there be competition? It's something like that, which, you know, it's not, it's not a guarantee that Sam Darnold will play. For the Panthers from, from an opening week, but at least he'll get a chance to play, you know, at least get some snaps, get his mindset right in terms of like, you know, because he went through a lot with the, with the Jets. I mean, you know, he obviously had turnovers, he couldn't make those plays, so, you know, fresh plays might give him some opportunities to like bounce back and succeed. And he still got a long way to go in his NFL career. We haven't seen the best of Sam Darnold yet. Um, so hopefully he can get it turned around and, and make something out of it. But Caroline, looking at that the division in itself, like, you know, you look at the Saints, they're obviously going to have either James Winston or Taysom Hill starting. Uh, you look at Atlanta, Matt Ryan's there, you know. And obviously, like, the favorite, obviously, in the division is the Buccaneers. So, you know, you look at it, Maybe Sam Darnold can help you in the short term here. Um, it all comes down to how does Carolina build around his, uh, around this, you know, around him, because they do have you know Robbie Anderson there, and they do have another couple of you know nice pieces there. Um, but we don't know yet if Darnold's going to be able to make it happen. Hoping he gets a fair shot with Carolina, but then again, Carolina will have like. The opportunity to probably draft a quarterback next year as well. Um, so 
let's see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. I just don't know if Carolina's going to be able to compete as well in the NFC South, uh, no matter which quarterback they get, because this team is still developing. They've got a long way to go to be, like, really, really good. Um, they showed some promise last year, but not to the point where I'm going to say that they're ready to make a playoff run. What they can be probably is a little bit better. Um, and, you know, they're counting on Joe Brady and Matt Rule you know, to make make it happen. And Matt Rule, you know, seeing what he got paid, I mean, the pressure is on for the Carolina Panthers. You know, they've got ways to go in terms of uh, being a good team. And Matt Rule was given a, a long-term contract, uh, given an opportunity uh, that a lot of people probably felt that, you know, should have gone differently, you know, but he got the opportunity. Uh, he's got a quarterback now in his hands. And let's see if they can make it work this year. Let's see if they can make it make it work this year because that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to quarterback play. McCaffrey obviously being healthy is also a huge, huge thing for the Panthers this season. Now, as for the Jets, I mean, you look at how they did in free agency. They addressed some spots with pass rushers, a wide receiver. Denzel Mims is supposed to be back healthy. Um, So the Jets definitely have ways to go in terms of uh, being able to build around whichever quarterback they they put in. Uh, So that would be the priority for the Jets is obviously more playmakers, and that defense definitely needs some reinforcements as well. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be very interesting in the AFC East, you know, next year. Obviously, Buffalo and the kind of way they were last year, the kind of run they made. The Miami Dolphins with, you know, with Tua in year two. And you have, like, you know, Will Fuller there. If You've got some pieces that are coming up. So... A lot of teams in the AFC East are going to get better. And the Patriots can't be slept on either because of moves they made free and see with the tight ends and players they got. So the Jets really have to step it up. Um, and, you know, it all depends on who they go at quarterback. I think Zach Wilson is the choice to go with. Um, I think he is the guy that you go with at number two. Um, and then you build around that that young quarterback I hope that he can get you to be more competitive this year than than last year so I think both teams trade wise got you know a good value and I guess time will tell which quarterback or which team really benefits um, uh, from the draft capital they got and the direction that they're going in So in this next segment, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the University of North Carolina and the men's basketball program. So as I mentioned a while back, uh, head coach Roy Williams retired, leaving a a really great legacy on the Tar Heels and men's college basketball. And So now UNC has named their next head coach, and that is Hubert Davis. Uh, Hubert Davis has been an assistant 
the last nine years under Roy Williams, becomes the first black head coach in UNC men's basketball history. Well-deserved opportunity. Very happy for Hubert Davis, as he's someone who obviously started his career, his playing career at the University of North uh, North Carolina. You know, playing about I think about four years under uh, the late great head coach Dean Smith, and so you know Hubert Davis steps in as a new head coach, someone who obviously is from North Carolina. I think Winston Salem. Uh, great, great person. Uh, he served as a college basketball analyst for ESPN at one point in his career. Uh, not to mention he was a first-round draft pick by the New York Knicks. Um, and he played for, I think, about six teams um, in his NBA career. About 12 seasons in the NBA. Um, you know, really nice with the Knicks, the Pistons, um, you know, some other teams. So he's somebody who obviously loves North Carolina so much. He's been there, you know, with the student athletes for a long time. And he gets an opportunity now to really lead this program back to, you know, relevancy. We know that North Carolina has been had a standard, Chapel Hill, you know, obviously with Jordan playing there in his college days. And so they got a great tradition there. And Hubert Davis is someone who has... Obviously a great attitude, very tenacious, really wants his best out of his players, and he's going to bring out the best, I think. Obviously, his biggest challenge, I think, will be recruiting uh, and getting, obviously, some... Because, you know, even though it's, you know, North Carolina and great university, you know, how he's able to recruit and build, you know, his relationship with players will be very, very key. A lot of them, obviously, respect him and appreciate him, um, but it's, you know, it's going to be really an interesting journey for him, and... You know, he's somebody that, uh, you know, so familiar with what the UNC expects, their standards. Um, and obviously, he's learning under the great head coach, uh, you know, uh, you know Roy Williams. I mean, he's going to be really good. I think he's going to get um, his players to play really, really well. Now, I mean, he obviously, not only did he play, you know, as a player, but he, you know, was a sports broadcaster. You know, he's a, he understands a lot of viewpoints, a lot of things that it takes to be a a professional in basketball, you know, in professional basketball, and so I think for the young players that come in, I think he's going to have a great impact on on those guys. You know, be able to teach them a lot about you know what he did in his playing career at UNC, um, and I think that you know he's going to be he's very committed. He's very committed um, and and ready to to you know be the next guy to step it up. Is he the right guy for the job? I mean, time will tell, but it's really nice to see an opportunity for him to be a head coach, you know, with the UNC program. And I, I really hope that he does well, continues to um, have a good journey. And I'm going to be excited to see what the North Carolina Tar Heels do with Hubert Davis as their new head coach uh, for the upcoming, for the next college basketball season. So in this next segment, I want to recap the men's March Madness 2021 championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga. Now, let me be first to say that I was wrong about Gonzaga. 
definitely in this one. I thought they would come out and be the more better team from the get-go. But got to give a huge, uh, you know, tip of the hat, a round of applause to the Baylor Bears for capturing their first uh, championship in their team history. They really came out and made a statement against Gonzaga last night. Um, you know, Baylor was one of those teams that was really coming along, getting better and better with every season. And they really were having a great season this year as well. And they answered the bell uh, big time in this one as they beat Gonzaga. The final score was 86-70. to 70. Uh, They dominated Gonzaga from start to finish. And all year long, I mean, Gonzaga was just doing so well, shooting well, playing well. Uh, man... They were on a roll, and I was rooting for them because I wanted to see them make history of uh, being, you know, one of those teams to win it and have a perfect season. Um, but as we know, it's really hard to go undefeated in any season, uh, in any sport. And so Baylor uh, spoiled that for Gonzaga in this one. And what a great job by Baylor as a team. Uh, they came out focused, ready to go playing big time and for Gonzaga you know really what it was for Gonzaga I mean they had played well all year long and then we saw here in the final four a close one over UCLA and I thought that that kind of game would give them a wake-up call Uh, but it ended up kind of impacting their way they went about the championship game because Gonzaga really uh, did not shoot well from the floor. They weren't themselves. They were they had an off night. They shot 29.4% from three. They got out-rebounded 30-22. I did not think Gonzaga would get out-rebounded. And once again, that just proves how well Baylor was just focused on every detail. I mean, those guys stepped up big time inside, got those boards, and Baylor just had more possessions. Uh, they beat Gonzaga to it. And... Gonzaga also had a lot of turnovers. Had a lot of turnovers, you know, unconsciously of them to have a lot of turnovers. Uh, and that really helped Baylor build a lead, um, you know, heading into the second half. So looking at it, I mean, Baylor's guards, Jared Butler, Masio Teague, uh, you know, Tager. I mean, they were all so great balanced offensively. They really brought it, brought the energy that they need to do and they they move the ball well they move the ball well and really attack the Gonzaga's defense they really made Gonzaga work Jalen Suggs you know made him work a lot Corey Kispert make work a lot so Baylor did a good job moving the basketball finding the best look getting quality looks and quality shots all all game long and you know Gonzaga was really supposed to be good defensively as well but they just could not get it going they made some tough shots they missed some open shots as well um, and Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert for Gonzaga they did decent in this game but it was more about a collective effort and being able to play better defense and so I think where the game got decided was ultimately just the rebounding battle and just the shot making wasn't there for Gonzaga and so Gotta give credit to Baylor for having a good game plan. I mean, they obviously 
decide to, you know, they really make Gonzaga work for a lot of their shots in this game. And Gonzaga never found that offensive rhythm that they had during the college basketball season in which they were able to go on a stretch and score and score and score. And this one, Baylor was just playing great defense. They were cutting off all the corners, making sure that Gonzaga was getting tough contested looks rather than open looks too much. And that credit goes to head coach Sean Drew, Scott Drew, who did an amazing job of just... He's been there since 2003 for Baylor. And through that time, he's been through a lot of interesting seasons where they lost games. They went through couple of you know tough scandal issues as a you know as a program Baylor really got back in prominence the last three to four or five years and they were coming and coming and he kept preaching patience he kept sticking with Baylor as you know the job got harder and harder but he never gave up on himself he kept needing to build this program along with the AD the director to build this program and and Baylor was well deserving of a championship uh, because of the way they've been able to be so great in terms of like basketball over the years they've come so close as well many times and it was nice to see uh, you know Scott Drew become a champion um, for those guys to really step up and play big time it was an all complete effort by Baylor uh, they earned it um, by being beating the best team that there was in college basketball. Um, and for Gonzaga, all I would say is that they have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, they played as hard as they could all year long. They won 31 games in a row uh, before falling in the final. And Coach Mark Few, you know, did the best that he could. Gonzaga is still going to be a great team um, for years to come. They obviously got it going the last couple of years, stepping it up, and I think that Gonzaga will find themselves back in the spot again in the near future. But what an end to the men's college basketball season. Obviously, we knew that a lot of teams struggled with, you know, COVID, you know, cancellation of COVID, you know, and then rescheduling and reworking games and the whole bubble idea came through and so it was just great to see everything complete for the men's side and women's side March Madness. It was fun to see obviously a uh, couple of firsts you know uh, you know for a couple of these players so tremendous job um, and Baylor's definitely going to celebrate and the Big 12 the Big 12 emerges as D1 this this college basketball season that really stood out uh, the ACC the Big Ten uh, the Big 12 got gets the last laugh or uh, you know with the way they played all year long how a lot of times you know people were just sleeping on the Big 12 Baylor reminded us of how dominant they were before the pandemic hit and they picked up in this college basketball season the same way coming out playing hard um, and captioned their first championship in team history. Special thing for the players. And now the whole focus now shifts to which of the players that we saw, um, you know, during the March Madness tournament will be going for uh, the NBA draft. That is the next thing to watch out for, as a number of players will be available 
uh, this year's draft, and it's going to be a unique one with the amount of talent that is coming through. Um, it's going to be something really worth worth to watch, um, you know, towards the summertime.